Welcome to Bottomless Brunch at Coleman's, the podcast. I am, of course, your proud host, Coleman Domingo, and today we're celebrating coming together for a time of freedom, liberation, and celebration, Juneteenth. This year, for Juneteenth, we're getting down and jamming out to an appreciation of Black music, the music that moves us in our hearts and gets us on our feet. So, Walk on down to the dance floor. Yeah, I said it because today we're presented by Johnny Walker. I always like to point out that Juneteenth is also known as Jubilee Day because it reminds me what so many Juneteenth gatherings are all about. People coming together to share love and joy, great food, and of course, awesome music. Now, you know, I'm often lucky enough to share brunch with some absolute legends And today, as we enjoy one another's company and celebrate Black music, I'm joined by two of the biggest. A virtuoso drummer, world-famous singer, author, actress, and activist, Sheila E. is known as the queen of percussion. And also, Harvey Mason Jr. Harvey Mason Jr. is the CEO of the Recording Academy, and he's written and produced music for pretty much everyone in your entire record collection and your music playlist. You better enjoy this podcast and then put on some music and dance it out in your pajamas or in your office or in your hike or whatever you do because here is my brunch with the legendary Sheila E. and Harvey Mason Jr. All right, let's meet my brunch guests, okay? I'm beyond excited for this episode, you guys. She's a master drummer, singer, author, actress, activist, and a Grammy-nominated artist with an astonishing body of work. The world-renowned queen of percussion, the legendary, the electric, Miss Sheila E. Give it up, everybody. Thank you. (laughs) Hello. So glad to see you. I'm glad you're here. Thank you. Nice to see you. All right. And this brother, he's the CEO of the Recording Academy. He has written and produced so many songs for so many superstars. He's a songwriter, a record producer, a film producer, the musical mastermind himself. Give it up for Mr. Harvey Mason Jr. Hello. Thank you, Coleman. You make, you make me sound good, Coleman. I'm going to take you uh, everywhere. Oh, please, please. I'm, I'll be your hype man forever. I got you, brother. I got you. <laughs> Love <laughs> Sheila it. E., Love you've it. got your own fantastic interview show called Sheila E. TV. I saw an episode with you and the legendary percussionist Pete Escovito. Now, how did you manage to book such an amazing guest? I know it must have been hard. <laughs> I know people. (laughs) (laughs) You know people who know people, right? Yeah, I I prayed about it. I was like, God, can you bring somebody named Pete Escobedo to my house? My daddy's amazing. No, thank you. (laughs) Sure, it's a a great show. I love it. And and Harvey, I'm going to list just a few names and let me know when I say someone you have not worked with. Aretha Franklin. (laughs) Have you? I have, yes, yes. Yes, Michael Jackson. I have. Whitney Houston. Yes. Are you trying Justin, to like trick me here? You're, we're going to have no, a no, long no. show. No, <laughs> no, 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 this is, no, this is, we'll, this is real quick. Justin Bieber. Yes. Beyonce. Yes. Mozart. That is a no. 
Hey, I, I knew we'd find somebody. I knew, I knew it. See, I see. I was going to try to, I was going to try to get you. I knew, I knew there was one person you haven't worked with. Okay, we're going to chat more in a bit, but first, I want to make a quick cocktail, and then we'll get into some more conversation. Okay, y'all. All right. Let's do it. All right. Come on. Let's go to the bar. It's cocktail time. And in keeping with the theme of celebration and great music, we made a modern classic that feels both brand new and timeless. The Penicillin with Johnny Walker Black Label, who are walking the walk by helping others take bold steps with initiatives like a new program to support black creators. You can find the recipe for the Penicillin with Johnny Walker Black Label at amc.com brunch. And of course... Be sure to drink responsibly. We were just getting our brunch kicked off, so let's get back to it. Here's my time with Sheila E. and Harvey Mason Jr. And stick around for a little Stacy action at the end of the course. I'd like to send a toast to you, legends. What you do, what you give, the way you give it. I appreciate you. I, I really Hats off. I bow down. Cheers to you. Cheers to you. And to you, Coleman. Thanks for having us. This is great. You're very yes. welcome. Thank you. How's that taste? Ah. Woo-hoo. <laughs> <laughs> oh. You got a little, you, you you got a little Patty Bell shoulders right now. It's a little Patty oh, Bell shoulders right on. there. <laughs> hold on. Wow. Good. You like wow. that, Sheila? Uh, good. Good. It's actually good. Oh, yeah. good. Really I'm so good. glad. <laughs> good. I think it's time to dig in. Miss Sheila E., how did you get your brunch on? Oh, today I have a lovely salad with the Angus beef and a little spice. Oh, Just a small yes. salad with a little beef. Yeah. That's beautiful. How's that beef prepared? It's just grilled, just on the... I like grilling a lot. Uh-huh. So I grill... Even if it's raining, and I just, I like grilling outside. It, I don't know what it is. I mean, I, I don't mind, but I love cast iron when I do cook as well. But I love grilling. You just throw some, something, even vegetables, of course, right on the grill. I love it. And uh, there's not a lot of mess to clean up after. <laughs> <laughs> yes, exactly. All right, Mr. Yeah. Harvey. Uh, Harvey, what magic did you dream up in the kitchen? I don't know if it's magic, but I have overnight oats and I actually can't claim credit for it. Uh, my wife, Britt, makes these and she sets them up, up the night before. Uh, they, they stew in some kind of mystery sauce. I don't know what it is, but it tastes good as heck. Oh, I have it in the mornings with my blueberries and shaved almonds and uh, it's delicious. Can't wait to eat. That's beautiful. That's beautiful, you guys. All right, good. I love that. All right, I went with something that I consider one of life's simplest pleasures. I, I, uh, I, I present to you the uh, avocado toast, which my Ooh. best friend Stacy would challenge me. She was like, oh, you eat guacamole on toast? I said, no, nah, Stacy, it's called avocado toast. <laughs> <laughs> I, I made it with uh, some uh, sourdough bread, and I drizzled it, you know, the, the toast lightly with olive oil and sprinkled some sea salt with radishes, tomatoes, pickled onions, because they're red, because it's the Juneteenth, you know, symbolization, because you need something red. And I squeeze lemon over the whole darn thing, all right? And I also, because it's the music slash Juneteenth episode, 
I couldn't resist, but I had to go out and get some red velvet cake. Oh, oh come on! I did not. Oh, I, I, yeah, come on! I did not make this, but you know, some, some, uh, hopefully, some, some black woman put her love on this, <laughs> put spirit of the ancestors <laughs> on this. Okay, well, you'll be able to tell when you, you, when you taste it. You'll be able to tell if she did or she didn't. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> All right, bon wow. appetit, bon appetit. Let's see, uh, let's see how those, uh, those oats are. All right, see how your wife did with that, and how about? Miss Sheila, how did, how did that turn out? How did that steak turn out? Mm. So oh, good. Oh, oh, oh. Mm-hmm. I did all right. I Coleman, this is the opposite of my, my whole life where I'm turning the Zoom off and trying to sneak a bite. Now I'm sneaking a bite while y'all watch. This is crazy. I like to, I like to show people how they eat. I think that's something so personal. <laughs> personal, right? Mm-hmm. Well, we're doing people it. I want to know, how does Harvey Mason eat? How does Sheila eat? eat? How do they eat? Look at Delicious. Mm. Okay, so my first question with this conversation to both of you guys, I wanted to, you to imagine I have a magic wand and we're going to have the most epic jam session to celebrate black music during Juneteenth. Sheila E., you get to pick the band and Harvey, you get to pick the vocalist, dead or alive. I might throw in some in there too. Go. Wow. Whoa. Come on. Whoa. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so since we have Harvey Mason Jr., here, then I'd pick his dad to play drums. Oh, <laughs> okay, there we go. Come on now. Great call. I used to play. I used to play in his dad's band. So there you go. Right. That's Perfect. right. Um, Perfect. So his dad is on drums. Okay. Bass. Oh man. Who's our bassist? Um, Christian McBride. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because he does a little bit of everything. Mm-hmm. But that's a hard call because uh, they're, they're which, all which, hard, right? They are hard, but you know we, we can we can have some. Um, we, it can be a huge band actually as well. We can make it an orchestra if you need to, but we can make. But who's on keys? I want to know that. I think Stevie Wonder's on keys. Well, my my Stevie Wonder, my yeah Stevie Wonder. Well, well Stevie's well, on like Duke. a lot of instruments. Stevie as and George. Well. <laughs> Stevie and George, yeah, they they, yeah. they go in and out. Stevie, Stevie and George. Stevie and George do, yep. Mm-hmm. Great. Guitar. Ooh, Prince. Prince is on guitar. Mm-hmm. Yes. That would you. just, you know. Yes. That would be it. Okay. I don't need nothing else. No. All right, now I need some <laughs> vocalists. I need some vocalists as well. Harvey? It's really a tough question. I mean, as Sheila said, when you're trying to pick a vocalist, you're picking between people that are iconic, mind blowing singers and experts mm-hmm. at what they do, and it's like so hard. I uh, wonder with the with this jam session though, do you want to? We can start with something. Who, who's good with the ballads? Who's good for the hype you know, ones? You know what I mean? Who's who can go I mean, into with some the ballads, languages? Yeah, I'm gonna go a little left of center with a ballad singer that's one of my favorites was Luther Vandross. Man, Absolutely, no one can interpret a ballad like he could, or very few mm-hmm. people. Um, mm-hmm. Whitney was also pretty spectacular at, at the emotional, you know, heartfelt ballads so I'd have to have the two of them maybe doing a duet how about that and then Beautiful. as Sheila starts ramping her band up and she's of course going to be on percussion maybe even on drums sorry pops but um, when she starts getting the tempo going then I have to go to a duet with Michael Jackson and Prince together oh, I don't oh think they ever God. sang a duet together no, so I'm going to make one right, in, right here um, and then we're going to do Probably some alternative, like weird or crazy music that's experimental, and maybe then we'll start using some 
different combinations like Aretha and Elton John and oh, yes. Bono and, and people like that just to mix it yeah. up and make it interesting. Nice. Beautiful. I feel like I like, I to, throw in the, I throw, I like to throw in like a Michael McDonald in there or Kenny Loggins as well. I don't know. I need some blue eyes I mean, to mix it up. It Those are works. amazing. They're amazing. Yeah. Truly yeah. Amazing. It all works. I think this jam session is going to work out. Thank you. We're going we're to work this out. Harvey, you wrote your first song for an artist when you were just eight years old. Who was the artist and how did that happen? As a kid, I took piano lessons my whole life. My, my dad, as you know, is a musician. My mom, actually, most people don't realize, was a musician as well. My folks mm -hmm. met at music school in uh, New England Conservatory of Music. So I grew up in a musical household and began playing, playing piano from the age of two. And so... Wow. I was always writing songs. I didn't really love piano lessons, to be honest. My teachers were mean. They're trying to use the right fingering techniques and teach me all these classical songs. I just wanted to write music. And so I was always coming up with songs and playing them for my dad. And when I was eight, I played a song for my dad that I created on the piano. And he said, oh, I love it. This is cool. Let's record it. We, old cassette player. We recorded it. And the next day, he had a session with Grover Washington Jr. He said, my son was playing these chords. Grover's like, oh, those are really amazing. Let's make a song out of it. So they made a song. And I have to give you know, most of the credit probably to my dad and the musicians that were on that session to take my you know, simple chords and turn it into something really cool. That's, that's beautiful, awesome. man. That's, that's yeah. beautiful. And Sheila, you, you, um, you use music as a form of activism, or what I like to call artivism. I trademarked it, so if you say it, you, know, you owe me some money. So what <laughs> is Sheila E. saying in her music today? That's what I want to know. Wow, it's interesting because as we grow as artists and even going through life, we keep changing, which yeah. is good, you know, what we're going through at that particular time. So, I mean, right now, um, I'm uh, doing my first ever salsa record. Like, Whoa. I've never done a salsa. I know, really? I've never done a salsa record. Yeah, I've never done a salsa record. So, uh, I'm doing my first ever salsa record. You know, growing up watching my dad play Latin jazz, you know. Yeah. But we also listen to a lot of salsa, and it's a, it's a form of music that all of our greats and our mentors, they're passed, most of them have passed away. There are a few that are left, like Eddie Palmieri, my dad. I mean, there are some that are left. Uh, and then we have people like Mark Anthony are, are carrying that torch, and Luis Enrique, and yeah, Tony Ru Sukar. Ru Ruben, my friend Ruben Blades, who just did his uh, salsa Yeah, Ruben Blades, yeah, yeah, exactly. So... Wow. Um, I, I'm going to do my first ever, so we have the first single that's out now called Bailar, I'm excited about. And then the second thing, musically, again, uh, on my bucket list, I've always wanted to do a gospel-type inspirational record. So I've signed my first contract to a record company. It's been like, I'm signing probably next week. Uh, so I'm wow. doing my first inspirational record, and so these are still things that I've always wanted to do, and it's the right time to do it to inspire people. We all want to be inspired through these times. It's just like, gosh, really? <laughs> so, I, you know, I have a question yeah. about that, uh, just a follow-up. That's not even on, on my cards to ask, but I'm just curious. Um, when, you, when you've been known for something like Glamorous Life, which is one of my favorite songs, do you, especially as you've evolved so much and played it, and I'm sure people are like, oh, can you play that thing that we love so much? Do you still feel that same um, feeling to play it? You know, or do you like, oh, I got Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Are you kidding? Heck no. Yeah. I love playing that song. Oh, no. <laughs> I've, never, I've never not played it <laughs> in my shows. 
all these years, it's like it's one of the songs I basically end up closing with because people want to hear it, but I have that feeling playing that song like I first did when we recorded it. It's, mm. you know, it means something to me. It was a time of, you know, showing the world who did not know me. People knew me as a session uh, musician, recording artist, but not, I mean, not a recording artist. So it was purposely done to, you know, play a lot of percussion on a song and let people know that this is a woman here playing timbales. And I, I didn't realize early on that there were so few playing percussion at the time. So it was important to establish that out of the gate. That was legendary too. I remember when I first heard that sucker, I was like, oh my gosh, what is this song? Who is this? And then I found out it was you and I said, oh, this is, this is groundbreaking. It was amazing um, to see you be the featured artist and the star that was in front of this music, but also playing instruments and dancing while you're playing the timbales and that scene where you're in the outfit. Right. I think you opened up so many eyes and so many opportunities for generations of mm. musicians, but maybe specifically yeah. women, but just also generally musicians to know that you could be a true you know, artist of the, of the music and a craft, but also be someone who played an instrument at a really, really high level and be completely and entirely entertaining, which was what you were. Thank you. Thank you. Truly. I appreciate that. Yeah, yeah thank you're, you. you're so dynamic. Last time I saw you perform was at the forum with Prince. And there's a thing oh, that wow. you always do when you're playing so, when you're playing with all mm. that dynamic energy, you never miss a beat whenever that <laughs> stick goes out of your hand. You got another one and another one and <laughs> and but, but it's, a, it's such um, it's such showmanship that you, you give. I feel like you, you I feel like my friend said before when she felt so good about a musician, she wanted to run up on stage and climb on their back. That's the kind of feeling you, you elicit from me, actually. You just want to climb, uh, you, like, you want to be in she on Sheila's shoulders in those drums. Yeah, and I think that's what most people feel when they see you. No, and you know what else? You. I appreciate that. I feel like you just used the term, which is what we've always said, showmanship. But when yeah. you see Sheila do it, it's showwomanship because show there are not a lot of yes. women that do that at that level. A lot of singers, a lot of dancers, you know, but somebody that's the whole entire 360 package is what yeah. Sheila's has encompassed. Thank you so much. Thank Sheila, we're giving you that. your flowers today. We're giving you Thank your flowers, you. all right? Thank and, you. And Harvey, I'm gonna give you your flowers too, okay? Because you played for the University of Arizona and went to the final four. Not many people know that, all right? I didn't are, know that. Nope, nope, yeah. not many people knew that, okay? I want to know, are there some skills from basketball that helped you in your music career? Everything about basketball has helped me mm. in my career. I'm just the dedication and, and the sacrifice that it takes to be a high-level athlete and to accomplish your goals in athletics really translate to music. I'm sure Sheila spent hours and hours practicing. Uh, you know, that's what I was doing. I was in, in junior high and high school at, at basketball. I was shooting. I was ball handling. I was conditioning. I was training. And those are all things that carry over to music and perfecting your craft and trying to actually it's not something you often talk about around music but the competitive drive and the spirit that I have and that I bring to my songwriting production comes from sports I want to be the best I want to make sure people say oh that's really good or I love the quality attached to that and I learned that from sports I learned that from some really incredible coaches you know my, my coach is a Hall of Fame coach named Lute Olson who was a mentor and another like important father figure in my life. And then I had incredible teammates. You know, my, one of my teammates was a guy named Steve Kerr, who's now the coach of the Golden State Warriors. He's won like 11 national or world champions 
as a player and a coach and Sean Elliott and Kenny Lofton and all these great athletes and players were on my teams and I learned so much about mm. just the level of excellence and expectation and not setting the bar too low but setting it extremely high higher than even I thought I could accomplish and those are things that I learned in sports that I think have helped me as as a producer a songwriter also just an executive trying to run a company it sounds like you're always awesome. very concerned with the team and how do we all do this together and move it forward big time yeah. That's what I'm thankful for coming through team sports and having that, that attitude and that energy around how I make music is very collaborative, how I uh, work with the organizations that I do and the companies. It's all about team. It's not about any individual. Mm. Absolutely. Tell it to 100%. the people in the back. 100%. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Sheila E., last year you became the first woman to be inducted into the Modern Drummer Hall of Fame. How does that make you feel? And why has it taken that so long? <laughs> Exactly. I was just going to say it. You know, I just, it's really interesting. I had no idea when that came about that um, I was the first. It's in 2021. I mean, like this should have happened a long time ago. I didn't realize. I'm I'm humble and grateful, but I mean, I know I'm not going to be the last one. I mean, there's so many incredible women that are playing and young girls that are playing right now that... Can can you shout um, out some for me? Because I know a few like Kim Thompson. If you, if you can just shout out a few uh, other uh, female drummers for us, please. Oh, man. Um, Sara. I mean, I don't even know everyone's last name because I follow all these young girls. Uh, Jamie. Um, Jesus. I, there's like 20 of them right now yeah. that I follow. And I, I constantly, you know, DM them to continue to support them and say, keep practicing, do what you're doing. You're incredible. And even from all over the world, from Australia, Japan, Korea, yeah. uh Canada, they're all over the place. Um, Cuba, oh my God, it's just amazing. Literally, there's like 20 of them right now that are that I'm close to, and then there's another like 20 or 40, literally like incredible young people and and women who are playing right now. So they deserve the credit as well. I mean, it's you know, they're social media. It, it, it's interesting, you know, back when we were doing stuff, we didn't have all this. Social media is so amazing to be able to discover new artists and, you know, having these conversations with people that I would have never met only because of social media and being yeah. able to contact them has been inspiring to me this whole last couple of years of just being in the home and wondering what the heck am I going to do. And a lot of them tell me, it's just like, you know, I'm only, I'm playing because I saw you do whatever or, you know, you, you did this and I'm like, you, you have no idea when you're doing what you're doing, you love what you get to do, that you're touching other lives all you become, over the world. But you, you have you be, no idea. But you've be, you become that person though. You've become that person for little girls who says, I can do that. Because there was no you doing it at such a level and with so much um, attention on her. Do you recognize that part of that sort of, that part of your legacy? Now I do, before I didn't, because it's not like I was trying to do that to say, hey, I want others. I had no idea there were no others. I was hanging out with my friends at school. It's like, where's, where's your drums? What do you mean? I don't have any. Don't you play percussion? No, I thought every girl had drums and timbales and congas in their home. You know? I had no idea. It was just like, it was, it was normal, it was you know? Unique. And so yeah. my friends, yeah, so um, I had no idea how rare it was. Um, because the only person that I saw play on television as a woman drummer was Karen Carpenter. Yeah. She mm -hmm. was the only one. And so back then I was really young and she had a brother and they had a television show. And I said to my dad, 
I have two brothers and we play percussion. How come we don't have a TV show? I mean, I was just like, like normal for mm -hmm. me to see that and I had no idea. So, I mean, I don't take it for granted and I really do try to support as many, just musicians in general, just loving where music has, is, is going right now, that people are actually picking up instruments and learning and, and playing. I, I always tell everyone though, it's like the era that I grew up in, the way that I learned how to play and play with so many people, different genres of music and sustaining that is because I went to every you know, place where someone was playing or I'd knock on the door, can I come sit in? Can I play? And they're like, yeah. no, get away. I'm like, okay, I'm gonna go around the other side. Can I going. come in? Can I? <laughs> and I just kept pushing. Even if they said no, to me, it was like an opportunity to ask someone else. It's like, no, it doesn't mean I can't do it. No means opportunity. So, you know, moving forward with that is just like, I had no idea that it was gonna be the way that it is now. I, that wasn't, I did it because I loved it and I, and I realized at 15 that God had given me this amazing gift to be able to play. It's a gift from God. It truly is. Absolutely. Harvey, uh, looking back at your career now, I want to know who opened some key doors for you and what were some of your critical firsts? Well, I have to say I was very fortunate because I grew up around my father and I don't for a moment pretend to think that that wasn't important in my upbringing, but also early success. Although he didn't open the doors directly with his own two hands, he opened them for me because I was experienced and I had the insight and I had a mentor that showed me what it would take to break into the doors. You know, he was pretty specifically focused in, in jazz music and doing sessions and, and working in the studios and that wasn't necessarily the path I wanted to go. I wanted to be a songwriter and a producer. But having the energy and the, just the perspective that he gave to me was very helpful. So all credit goes to my father and then also my mom who was a musician. Beyond that, Quincy Jones was a huge mentor to me and somebody that I looked up to and had luck and good fortune to interact with a few times when I was younger because my dad worked with him a bit. He had a huge impact on getting me to where I am just as far as inspiration and aspiration. Hmm. Uh, and then there was uh, an A&R person that gave me my first job and his name was Guy Abrams. He worked at Motown Records and that was hmm. a tipping point for me. I was hustling, trying to get people to listen to my demos. I was chasing executives around, throwing cassettes in their convertibles. I was like, <laughs> I was literally camped out at, at you know people's houses. I'd go to the record labels and wait in the parking garage. I was crazy. You get arrested. Now for stuff <laughs> a bit of a stalker, right? right, right. No, totally, right. totally. But Guy Abrams gave me a, a job remixing an artist for Motown Records. Uh, I think he paid me like, you know, $1,000 or something. But for me, I was like, okay, I'm in, you know, and that was my it first was an opportunity. gig. So, right. It was yeah, an opportunity. I, I thank him and I thank Quincy and I thank my mom and dad. And uh, also just growing up in a household full of music. Uh, so I was appreciative and lucky to be able to listen to so many different styles. You know, we were not just listening to black music or, or R&B music. We were listening to country and pop and orchestral. And we listened to everything in my house. So I attribute a lot of my abilities and the fact that I've had a career that's lasted, you know, over quite a few years to the fact that I've been able to be diverse around what I've done with my music and the different genres that I was lucky enough and fortunate enough to be exposed to and work in. Beautiful. Beautiful, man. Um, Sheila, 
everyone knows one of your greatest collaborators was Prince. Now, mm -hmm. my sister had a question for you. The question okay. that she wanted to know was, what did Prince smell like? <laughs> <laughs> that is a crazy question, sister. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I thought it would what? be a question that nobody would ever ask you, Sheila E. I don't think you've ever been That's asked not that before. True. They have? I They've have. asked you that? Really? Well, yes, I have, but here's what's interesting, um, because <laughs> you say that, but it's really funny because when I hug men, you know, depending on if I kind of know them, I hug them, and my face right here is usually about where their neck is, so you always go, mm, you know, right? <laughs> so it's funny because, because when I first met uh, Barack, I mean, Obama, uh -huh. uh, our former president, the first time I hugged him, I was like, oh my God, does he smell good. What did he and smell I like? Swear, good, good is good. He smelled, no, I have to say that because I called my family members, all my girlfriends. I said, y'all don't understand how good that man smelled. I know he's our president, but, but, but I said, I'm not, I'm not trying to say, I said, but oh my God. I mean, out of respect, but I was like, this man smells amazing. Did you, did, did you oh, look up and like, Michelle, your husband smells good. Did you do that? No, <laughs> no I didn't. I of wouldn't do that. But I had, I, and now that it's, yeah, known that I just said that. <laughs> <laughs> I've never said it publicly. So it's like, uh, so to say that Prince smelled good as well. Yeah. Okay, that, he, thank, um, you, thank you, thank <laughs> you. Yeah, to answer her question, because you, you wouldn't think that anyone would say that, but people have asked me, and especially he loved, um, he loved, this is a story, but he loved wearing cologne, perfume, but he would try different things and not just men's cologne, as you know, and it's yeah. just like whatever smelled good to him. And every time we were in Paris, we would go to the stores where it's just perfume, the perfume, and we would just, you know, hopefully try to be able to be in there long enough to, to go through stuff where they'd shut the store down. And he would pick things or whatever. So he had a unique smell, uh, always a little bit different because he loved trying different scents. Um, so one time in 1970, I would say 78, um, when he, it was around 77, 78, when he came to the Bay Area, um, this is when we first started hanging out. Yeah. And I said, you have to come hear my, my family and, and us play Latin jazz. You got to come hear the band. So he did, right? So he came, he was just blown away by my dad and the band and, you know, all of us siblings get to play with my dad. And then he said, um, he said, well, I got to come back because this is amazing, you know, right? So he comes, we come back to see Pops play again about a couple of weeks later. And so then he sat in, I was like, just play with us. You know, well, it's Latin jazz. He was not exposed to Latin jazz. Right. So he, we, I said, come on, we're just gonna play some, you know, Latin jazz, but some funk version of it, you know? So we just, just so you can sit in. So he comes, he picks up the bass player uh, who was playing bass with my dad. And so he played bass. And then we did this whole thing. And then the bass player said, he goes home and he opens, he goes, what is that smell? And he opened up his base case and goes, oh, man, this smells like my aunt, you know? <laughs> my auntie. So what, what, 
<laughs> whatever perfume Prince had on that day smelled yeah, like, like this Chanel guy five, who is right. <laughs> from Amsterdam. It smells like my auntie. So, you know. so that answers my question, basically. So Prince could go. smell like your auntie, basically. <laughs> 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 All right. I, I wanted to know, I have a question for both of you I, um, as we're about to wrap up. I want to know what music that you guys are listening to. Who out there right now excites you? Harvey? Oh, there's a lot that really excites me. I think there's so much music being made right now that is, you know, pushing the boundaries, going some new places. I think COVID has been a blessing and a curse because it's definitely affected musicians' ability to make a living and tour and do shows and collaborate in studios. But it's also been a time of great creativity. And I think it's an explosion of innovation around music and what's happening. Uh, so... It's hard to really pick out one or two. Of course, I'm a fan of so many different genres. And even in my position, it's hard to single out artists that I'm listening to or loving. But I have to say, the diversity of music and the, the blending of genres, the blurring of the lines between what's supposed to be black music or what's supposed to be mm. rock music or alternative yeah. is really exciting. And the amount of, of art that's being created and the output and also, you know, what else is exciting is the consumption. People are loving music. Yeah. They're listening to more yeah. music than ever before. They're singing louder. They're dancing more. And I, you know, some yeah. of it might be a result of COVID, but the optimistic side of me likes to think that music is something that's just, it's healing and it's bringing people together and it's right. doing good to the world. And I just, I'm so thankful to be from the artist community. I'm also thankful to be able mm. to help represent and shine a light on the artist community through my work at the academy so uh a lot of great music a lot of things going yeah. on in my car and in my in my earbuds when i'm when i'm running and it's uh, diversified and really always it's always totally diversified. across the board great mind. stuff yeah. so much talent i mean can you imagine the talent that these artists have and sheila has and people that that we get to listen to i mean and i've had an opportunity and you went through some of the list and it was of course slightly embarrassing but the people that I've gotten to work with and that we have the pleasure in our lifetime of listening to and like you can't take that stuff for granted I've seen too many of them leave the planet early you know and, yeah. and when you lose somebody like a Prince or a Michael or a Whitney or an Aretha you have to just acknowledge that there's not a lot of those running around so when you find the next one and you get people that you love to listen to we have to treasure them we have to enjoy them and really appreciate them while they're here so Long-winded answer. Sorry. <laughs> no, no, no. I think I think it's a beautiful answer. No, because I, I mean that's the breadth of and the scope of the people that you work with, and you work with mm -hmm. such giants in this industry and in so many levels. So I think, thank you. There's a lot out there to consume, and I'll be inspired by. Miss Sheila E. Absolutely. I I, would, I agree with Harvey 100%. I mean, it's hard to pick one artist or one genre. I mean, thank God our household because of my mom and dad. We, we were open to all types of music from starting the foundation of Latin jazz, but then jazz and then everybody, everyone from Motown, every artist and James Brown and then the Bay Area from everyone that we listened to is Sly and Santana, Grateful Dead, Tower Power, Pointer Sisters. I mean, the list goes on from the Bay Area musicians. So yeah. being able to be around that, growing up in that environment, you know, um, and then I learned classical music early on and I started playing violin and so, you know, we just love music, and I think during this time and during the pandemic, 
I believe as well that I think maybe because of that, people were searching, we were at home, we were wondering what can we do, and I believe that this was the highest ever as far as music being heard yeah. throughout the world, that he, music is so healing. We needed to go somewhere, and it helped it helped millions and millions of people to get through these times. It's unfortunate the way that the business is that, you know, we're, it's hard for us to make a living in the way that things are happening right now, because if it was the norm, man, we would be okay. Everyone would be okay. But uh, at this point, I really believe that through uh, these times, music was the number one component that people uh, gravitated to. I agree. I agree. I, 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 in this pandemic, I, I consistently had my own sort of, I realized it was about healing. I was having like Friday night dance parties or listening parties for myself and just like really yeah. just playing everything. Because, you know, and then of course everybody got hip to when D-Nice would get on Instagram or whatever, like, and we ran to it because we needed it so much, right? We ran to that every single, oh, D-Nice is on, oh my God, another DJ, he's playing all these songs and everything. And I think it just really brought us together again. I mean, we do know that mm -hmm. that's the power of music, but I think in those, in these dark moments, we really ran to it with open arms. Absolutely. And, and hopefully. Yeah. I'm going to wrap this up, you guys, with um, a musical name game, okay? I think that's kind of fun, all right? <laughs> I came up with this musical name game. I'm going to give you the real name of an artist, and I want you to give me their stage name. How's that for you? Ooh, okay. Uh, I am not good at that. Oh, we can work as a team I'm, and discuss. I'm, I'm too old for that. <laughs> but, but, but we can work as a team. We can help each other out, okay? This is, Let's go, no, Coleman, no right bring on. it. You're, all right, come on, here we, here we go, here we go. All right, Peter Jean Hernandez. Is that A, Bruno Mars, or B, Bad Bunny? Bruno Mars. Harvey? Bad Bunny, just so we make sure we get it right. Okay, it's Bruno Mars. It's Bruno Mars. All right. All right, here we go. Okay, here's a name for you. Belcalis Almanzar. Is that A, Dua Lipa, or B, Cardi B? Say the name again. The name is Belcalis Almanzar. Cardi is that B. Dua Lipa or Cardi B? I I was going to say Cardi B, too. It's Cardi know. B, y'all. It's Cardi B. Y'all got it. All right. Two, there we go. We're getting it. All right. Wow. Melissa Jefferson. Now, that is the most regular <laughs> name. She needs to change this name. Let's see. Wait. Is that A, Lizzo, or B, Megan Thee Stallion? Melissa Jefferson. I'm sorry. Listen, she better not beat me up when she sees me. I'm going to say Lizzo. 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 Yeah, Lizzo was Melissa Jefferson. She was you due know, for that name. She, she was, come on, just a minute. She was due for that name. She needed to give herself a Lizzo. Come on. Ooh, I, you listening to Melissa Jefferson. Oh, yeah, let me get that Melissa Jefferson album. I'm going to Melissa Jefferson's that's a, concert. No, you ain't going there. You going to Lizzo's. Lizzo's, right? Lizzo's a, that's a name. That's a concert you want to go to there. Exactly. <laughs> Absolutely. All right, here we go. A few more. We have Christopher Edwin Bro. Is that A, Chris Brown, or B, Frank Ocean? And the name is Christopher Edwin Bro. And it's French. Bro. B R E A U X. Is that Chris Brown? Frank. Frank. Frank Ocean. Frank. Frank. It is Frank Ocean. But that name is, Bro is good too, right? If it was Edwin Bro. I'm down with that. Mm -hmm. All right, here we go. Calvin Cordozar Brodus Jr. 
Calvin Cortazar Brodus Jr., that's a name, isn't it? Is that A, Snoop Dogg, or B, Wiz Khalifa? Snoop. Wiz. It, the answer is Snoop Dogg. Calvin oh, Cortazar why did Brodus I not know Jr. that? Right? Calvin? Calvin I Rose, thought it was yeah. Curtis. His name was Curtis. It's nah, Calvin. It's Calvin. Calvin Cortazar. Sorry, Snoop. Name. Sorry, Snoop. <laughs> All right, here we go. A few more left. We got Chancellor Jonathan Bennett. Is that Chance the Rapper or Ludacris? Feels like that one's pretty self-explanatory, but maybe I'm... Uh, yeah, I would, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I would say Chance. Yeah. It's Chance. It's Chance. It's Chance. Here we go. All right. All cool. right. Two more. All right. Onika Mirage. Onika Mirage. Is that Lil' Kim or Nicki Minaj? Nicki? I think Nicki. It's kind of self-explanatory, too. It's Nicki Minaj. All right, the last one. This is a toughie, all right? This is a tough one, all right? Sheila Cecilia Escovito. Is that Sheila E or Sheila E? Uh, <laughs> Sheila E? Ah! It's Lucy Ball. <laughs> Perfect. That is Sheila E. All right. But wait, First, Coleman, yeah. as you're yes. talking about all these names, I've never asked Sheila this as long oh, as I've known her, but how did Roger Nelson become Prince? Oh. Any that's idea? in my next that's in my next book. Okay, well then save it for that. I'll read it. I'll so, buy it and, and read it. No, I'll Not tell you this. after when we get off. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. And on that note, I want to thank you, Sheila E. and Harvey Mason Jr. so very much. Thank you so very much. What a pleasure it has been hanging and talking to you and having brunch. Thank, thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you. We appreciate you. Cheers. Coleman, thank thanks you for, having for having us. Bye, Sheila. Thanks. Bye, oh, Harvey. This is wonderful. God bless you. Thank you. Well, my friends, that was another brunch with the one, the only, Sheila E. and Harvey Mason Jr., where we celebrate a Black Music Appreciation Month and Juneteenth. And guess who's joining me? You heard her giggling in the background guess because who? I was screwing it up. Guess who? It's Stacy, everybody. Stacy! How was this episode? Yet? Did we get the applause machine yet? Not yet. To, Not yet. To lead me in. To lead me in. Okay. You get no lead in, in because <laughs> I'm going to give you a Sheila a Sheila E drum. Boom. Oh. Man, she is you. She is the truth. Come on. She's Sheila everything. E. How was that? Come on. She's come on. Sheila E. What? Yes. Are you kidding me? She actually um she was here. I think not too. Just not too long ago. I think she had a show here. Um, You're very dry about this all. I mean, this is Sheila E. You don't sound, sound excited that Sheila E. I just said she's like the truth. You want me to like play some percussion? You want me to bang on my Absolutely. table? Absolutely. Something. I think you got to give it up to <laughs> Sheila E. And I'm Harvey giving Mason it Jr. up. I'm telling you, she's badass. Like, period. <laughs> oh, like, my God. No but, but she's such an incredible woman because she's broke so many boundaries in every single way. In her industry, yeah, for and also sure. Her. I think. And, and are you eating? Also, what are you doing? What are you, are you eating? I'm sorry. I just put a mint in my mouth, and I didn't know I was going to do all this. I'm sorry, because I've never eaten during one of these. But I felt like I needed a but mint. But you just needed a mint. Done. You were hungry. Okay. My, my mouth mint. was dry. That, but anyway, that mint is like a tastes like filet mignon or something. Mm. That mint because you hungry. 
Okay. Give me some highlights of this. We're gonna episode. walk through. We're gonna work through you eating. Go ahead. What? <laughs> Give me some highlights of this episode. Things that were um, interesting or new to you or fresh. Something you didn't know. Oh, well, first I'm again because this is what we do. This is this is our staple. This is our core. I'm, don't be calling me out talking about avocado toast because talking about my friend Stacy be like, what's this avocado toast? Which is what you. I decided to give you a. Sh- I decided to give you a shout. I, out. You gave me a shout out in a backhanded sort of way. I like <laughs> avocado toast. <laughs> Very I didn't know much. we were going to get into this. <laughs> I, we're not, but I just needed to clear clear my name that, you know, since you had to put me out there. And, <laughs> clear and your you name. Call, you had to, like, call me out by name that about the avocado toast. It could have been some other Stacy. There's no other Stacy. There is no other Stacy in your life worth mentioning. <laughs> I so, thought that would just fly right over your head. Are you kidding me? I was like, Really? <laughs> Really? He just called me out like that? Okay. So, just for the record, I like avocado toast. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, my God. Good. Okay, now we got that clear. Did you like the outfit? Now we got that clear. <laughs> did you I like the actually outfit? actually did. See, I was so nondescript. What did you have on? I had on oh, a I know. Yeah, leisure I, suit. I know. What do you, you mean? Like I, I, Greg Brady. Of course. No, no, no. You reminded me of Greg Brady. <laughs> A peach colored leisure suit. I don't know how much more totally how you gonna miss a, me. A mid-century modern. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, he looks how, like Greg Brady. Or Mike Brady. The father, how did it make you father. feel? How did it make you it feel? It made me feel like I was watching the Brady Bunch. <laughs> <laughs> You're the worst critic I've ever met in my entire life. The absolute worst. I was like, what does he have? Okay. I, I totally gave me Brady Bunch vibes. It was cool though. Whatever. <laughs> but you see what I'm doing now. It's culturally specific. That was because it was a, a music appreciation episode. So I wanted to remind them. How does that leisure them, suit, Matt? How does because the Because I look like suit. one of these old school, like, you know, Temptations or the Partridge family oh, or something like that. Is that what you thought? Who, did you have that discussion with somebody oh, before? My God. <laughs> okay, Jesus. Okay, well, how did you like the cocktail? Did you like the penicillin? Have you ever yes. had a penicillin? <laughs> I haven't had a penicillin before. I had not had a penicillin before. It's good, right? So, yeah, yeah, it looked good. And I liked the fact that there was a non-alcoholic version for Harvey. Yes. That was very cool. And actually, I think that's the first time. Is that the first time you've had that? What a non-alcoholic version? That no, you had it before. We're able to offer like a like that you had a guest who needed a non-alcoholic version. Oh yeah, absolutely. Because you know that we, we promote that. We promote we, I, you know. Yeah, no, no, it's cool. I just think that I was just thinking back to like one of the episodes with the potty mouth. I forget her now. Oh my god, Leah. Was Leah, Leah, Leah Delaria. Yes, hilarious. And she, I think she didn't drink, she but she beer. just no, kind of had her. But she own, liked yeah, beer. she had her own beer. She had her own alcohol, whatever. <laughs> her alcohol of choice with her you know johnny walker has this initiative to help black creators and we talk about a lot of firsts on this episode stacy is there a first that you've achieved an important milestone of some sort such um wow first i was going to say i was kind of the first entrepreneur in my family but that's not even true because my dad was an entrepreneur. He was a barber and owned his own shop and, you know, taught barbering or whatever. So you're not so, a first um, entrepreneur. I'm not a first in the <laughs> entrepreneur field. Now that I think about but it. Basically, so you're saying just, you're not a first. You're, that's a lot. I just stripped all my glory. I'm like, I can't even say that. <laughs> so, wait, so what is your first? 
I don't even know. Like, yeah. I'm not even the first to go to college. My family, all everybody, shoot. I'm sorry. I, you know, okay. I feel really I bad that you're from like entrepreneurs an and are well educated. I'm so we sorry that you're not the, the first. bomb. Like, our right, family's just the bomb. <laughs> no, maybe the first. The first woman to wear Labutans in your family. That for sure. <laughs> Sold. 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 I think that's, that's the first. it. <laughs> and my first, I do, I figured out what my first was. My first was I was the first actor to direct an episode in the Walking Dead franchise. Oh, that's pretty cool. Yeah, I'm the first. The very that's first. actually very awesome. Thank you so much. Thank you. So the way more significant that. than somebody wearing Christian Louboutin. <laughs> but that's a whole other episode. That we'll I feel so that. like insignificant right now that I don't have any. <laughs> no, you should actually feel seen. You feel seen. That's exactly what it should be. I, I I'm like, wow. I the, there's nothing I've done that's been of value that's a first. <laughs> Well, that's the Stacey Thomas story. Ladies and gentlemen, you heard right. it here. That's You're going to have to right. work on a first. Work on a first. That's your I goal. Gonna, I, I'm sure the there's a first, and I'll think about it when we're done here, but I can't think <laughs> of it. <laughs> I was going to say I was the first to move away from home and to live like outside of Philly. That's for sure. Like my sisters went away to college, but they came back home and lived in Philly and are still there. But for me, like I left. Look, you you just you just redeemed yourself. Yeah. So I did. I left to go to college. I did not come back to Philly. Then I went from, you know, D.C. to New York to go to law school. And I didn't come home till I got pregnant. So, and that was, I was gone. That's a whole other story. We'll talk, we'll, we'll really talk about that. Ooh, uh, that's a whole nother story. But <laughs> okay. Yeah. So I was gone. Yeah. From home from 1985 until 2003. I was three years old. Okay. I was a little, ner- I was a little nervous at first with this episode, to be honest, because if yeah. you may, you may have noticed that I, I don't know either one of them well and didn't have any real connection to myself, just being fans of their work. So I was like trying to figure it out and trying to figure out their energies. And then it was just great surprises because Sheila E, you know, she she hosts her own show as well. So she's just like, they're both such pros. And I don't know, just say you can just get a sense of even the way I love when I ask the question, especially to Harvey about like, who's one of the, you know, um, musicians that you're looking at out there in the world right now and he actually he actually didn't point to anyone specifically he was very classy about um letting you know that there's so many wonderful artists out there doing the work that's what i love yeah Mm -hmm. he was awesome i i didn't i wasn't familiar with him at all actually and i act you know i had to kind of go do a little bit of my own research as you know he was talking about his dad and um, I just wasn't familiar with the name, um, but he was, um, he was a class act. He was so nice. He was really like genuine and thoughtful, you know, in his responses as well. I agree. Yeah. I thought yeah. he was like super cool. Yeah. Super cool guy. Yeah. I mean, Sheila E is Sheila E. I mean, there's like, you know, introduction needed, you know, she is just the truth. Like not even a last know. name is needed. It's just. Yeah. E. Like, no, no, no. Like, you know. <laughs> She's like, you know funny. who I am. <laughs> right. Well, before, like, you know, I mean, I, as soon as I saw her, but I was like, is that Sheila E? Like, you know, because before her name, you know, had popped up, I was like, that's Sheila E. <laughs> you know, right. which was kind of cool. So yeah, I mean, completely recognizable and. 
like, come on, she's opened so many doors and kicked in so many doors and barriers for women and women, you know, play drums and percussion. Like what? You know, she's, yeah. I mean, she's, she's badass period. Like there's no other way to say it about her. That she's just, um, and again, she also was very warm, you know, and because and, you know, you you see these people on stage, and you know, they, she's killing it on stage. She's like, you know, like attack, you know, because she's in her in her space in her world. But you know, very low key conversationally, you know what I mean? Um, yeah. Like completely the opposite that you would see on stage, right? Right. Uh, which I thought was interesting. That kind of stuck with me. Um, did did you know a lot about Harvey Mason Jr. about all his influence? That's across? what I'm saying. I didn't know him at all. I didn't know that name at all. Is it? Is no. it it's wild too because that's. I mean, he's the head of the the CEO of the Recording Academy. Recording and Academy. Produ- I know. And he's produced I, I and research. worked with everybody. It's amazing. Just amazing. everybody from Aretha Franklin to Beyonce, you name it. It's just so I'm like. What what I love is like discovering these the, these people who a lot of people don't know and like this is the person like that's behind, behind the all scenes this great guys music. who are like yeah who are huge but behind the scenes it goes to show like everybody doesn't need to be in your face like up and you know front and center you know yeah demanding attention but they're doing amazing work why are you looking at me when you say scenes. that why are you looking at me when you say that. <laughs> Just sit down sometimes. You ain't got to be all up everywhere. <laughs> be everywhere. Everybody, everybody ain't got to look at you. Right? Everybody <laughs> got to see you in all your rhinestone glory. Like, just sit down somewhere, though. No. <laughs> um, but that, you know, he, he is. Like, you just, it's the kind of the magic that's happening, you know, how the sausage is made. You know, he's kind of behind the scenes doing and working with amazing people. And I was like, who, who is this person? Like, you know, and I literally, like I said, I had to do my own research. I'm like, wow, like he's pretty amazing too. Yeah. But low key, you know, just low key. Hmm. Um, so it, that that's a lesson we can all learn, I guess. What music are you listening to right now? That's so funny. Noah's always like, you don't listen to music. Um, <laughs> you don't? I, not like, like my son is totally into music and all types of music. Like I'll get in the car after he's been in the car and there's like everything from Frank Sinatra to Bing Crosby to Cardi B on his playlist. And I'm like, what is going on? Like he's 17. So he's totally into music. Um, I like the old stuff. I just do. I just feel like that was the real music, you know, back in the day. Mm -hmm. Um, I is there any, is, with, is, is, you can't get with what? Like all the like new, new stuff. I mean, I like, like Lizzo's work. Like, I mean, I like, I like some of the stuff, but I'm not like totally into you like you, you like classic R&B. Am I right? I do. Yeah, I do. Mm. That's kind of my flow. I love that about yeah. you. I mean, but I appreciate some of the new stuff too, of course. But um, yeah, now, I'm old. I'm old. Yes, you are. I, I didn't we want to old. say We both, we, we old. Don't you go dragging me into the old <laughs> neighborhood. We old. Nobody, nobody told you to grab me and take me with you. <laughs> I bring you in a, in a rabbit hole with me. <laughs> Since this is also a Juneteenth um, episode of the podcast, uh, are there any Juneteenth traditions that you have or are looking forward to having or, you know? I have never had any. No. Never. And And now I'm completely destroying your black card. (laughs) It is shredded at this point. Shredded, shredded. (laughs) 
<laughs> she once was an African American woman, and I just took it. Listen, all away. I celebrate Juneteenth every day. Dag on it. <laughs> so. But it's something I think. But but it, but it's true though. Juneteenth just came more into the collective consciousness. I would say in the last three years, because I think that it was something that was being celebrated. I think sort of just like um, um, uh, uh, Kwanzaa as well. Like that's not. It wasn't fully celebrated across the board, right? I feel like it's probably been more than three years, but, you know, we acknowledge it. We acknowledge the day. But again, it's kind of like Black History Month, right? You know, I'm Black every day, right? I'm not going to limit myself to one, to one sh- the shortest month of the year. <laughs> the coldest, <laughs> shortest month of the year. The shortest month of the year, y'all. Well, you got to remember, it's the coldest much, month right? as well. Exactly. Right, right. You know, like, come on, you know. We'll I'm make that Black History Month the coldest, shortest Black month of the year. Right. <laughs> <laughs> right. So Black History, you know, period, <laughs> month, year for me daily, you know. Um, but so Juneteenth is, is June. Day. So, you, yeah, you get one day in June. So that's a nice one. I, Right, you get one day in June. You get twenty-eight or twenty-nine days in February. Like I feel so, like, to be honest, know, I might get. I get enough. a little. I, I feel enough. like I get a little angry on Juneteenth. To be very honest, because I feel like Why? so y'all didn't tell people that uh, they were free, huh? What? No, I'm mad. I'm angry. <laughs> yeah, because you have to remember that you're like, oh, they they just found out, you know, <laughs> you know, a while later. <laughs> That we free. And they they we still have their nothing. They don't, let's see if they figure it out. They, they, I, mean, <laughs> I mean, it's it's just the rudest thing that Texas has let's, ever done. Let's see if they figure it out. <laughs> let's see. Let's see if they don't don't give We're them. We're not going to announce it. We're going to see. We, if we still we, we still need you know Jessup over there getting that uh <laughs> that bail. No, absolutely not. So I think I get a little angry actually. I don't know if I'm really in the celebratory spirit of like you know. Rev of a cake and you know, you know, wearing red and all that stuff. That's tradition. Tradition. I don't. Okay, first of all, I that we talked about that on another podcast about the whole red significance. Yes, that's supposed to be totally unaware of. Like, what is that? Like, I'm not. And what is the cake? Like, you had the red velvet cake. What is because you had the red. It's like celebrate celebration of red. Red. You know, it could be blood. They said it's a couple things. Could be blood. I thought it was red, black, and green. Like, why are we focusing on this? The one. Well, that's red, red, black, and green, isn't it? Nigeria or something? No, that's something else. Oh, that's our African flag. (laughs) No, is. We have an African flag. You mean the African? Well, Wait, I mean, we don't. It's not an African flag, but I mean that's the motherland. I color. think you're making up history right now. I'm I think that's exactly <laughs> what you're doing. I'm like, what are we talking about? <laughs> what? That's our African flag. What do you mean? When, I, I said when that's we like our motherland. That red, black, and green. What? what I think that's specific. I think Africa. Is it the African flag? Really? Of like Africa? Let me look this up. I know we are just ignorant. Wait, like do what you no, do what you would tell yourself. Terrible. Go, Google terrible, it. Let, let's terrible. See, wait, let me see African flag, and then we'll get off this podcast. We'll see African flag. The red, black, and green is definitely an African American. Oh, it is. No, that's an African flag. It's a Pan African flag. Okay, I am educated. I am a lawyer. Oh, I'm told it's you also, what it was. It's also known as the Black Liberation <laughs> Flag. Okay. I, did, well, I actually had no idea. It shows how black I am. I had no idea. <sighs> and educated. But now, maybe. but now, <laughs> let, let's. But listen, this is a, this is a teachable moment for everyone out there. Teachable Who moment. designed the flag? Who designed it? Oh, now you got Google in front of you, so you're all knowing who designed the flag. <laughs> <laughs> so you got Google none other, open. Okay. None oh. other than Marcus Garvey. Really? I didn't. Yeah, know and he adopted it on the 13th of August, in 1920. 
Okay. Well, there we go. So, We've all learned something. That is our history lesson for. I think Juneteenth. that's a great. Yes, I think it's a great way to leave uh, our Juneteenth uh, Music Appreciation Month episode. Okay. Do you? Oh, you, oh, you got more to say? We got, I mean, I guess apparently you have more to say. Is there anything you wanted to talk about? I, I nope, I'm good. <laughs> wow, this it's not like we're in class and I like just called on you. <laughs> Suddenly you're like 12. You're like, nope, I have nothing to say. I, that was a mistake. What no, so wait. So I wanted to go back to these two amazing people too, right? And then their contributions. And so I was also um, pretty impressed with, Harvey being a collegiate basketball player. Yes. Right? Talk about it. Yes, exactly. But yeah, he and did that. I think he had a, he did a that, knee injury or I, something, something. Yeah. Right. But what I appreciated in him sharing that was what he learned being an athlete, right? Mm-hmm. And being yeah. in a team sport, mm-hmm. um, which is something, again, that, you know, we. I deal with having a son who's an athlete as well and just the importance of being a part of a team and, you know, you're responsible for each other. It teaches you discipline, you know, it teaches you about working together and all of those things and how he said it has helped him later in life, you know, in in adulthood, you know, how to function, how, and how to be successful, basically what is required to be successful to lead, and to lead a team. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I just a team. felt like he was so grounded and like somebody I would totally like hang out with. Totally. You know what I mean? Like he just seemed, he was chill too. So real. Yeah. Really chill. And, and real. There's a, and there's a comp- and, and there's a confidence in that as well. Cause something about him, like you like, it is, that, you knew that he knew his business in every single right. way. <laughs> I totally appreciated Sheila E's steak <laughs> with, the, with the salad. My girl's like, I have steak. <laughs> so right, you with right. the avocado toast and Harvey with the I love that she straight up was like, just oats. steak. Just steak. Exactly. She was like, I have steak and salad. <laughs> I, I think that's actually the person you're going to roll with the most out of all the brunches <laughs> we've done. I think you and Sheila E, I can actually see it happening because yes. you're, both like, you're both like high heels. You're both strong women. You both, yeah. you know, kind of. Yeah, she is fabulous. She is totally fabulous. So beautiful, and um, I yeah, can totally so see the two of you hanging out. She's yeah. She's so like again. I don't. I don't even need no big energy for her because she's just kind of like she's just chilly. Like there's nothing. Like what do you want me to say? You have enough big energy for everybody. So um, I have enough energy to go around. (laughs) And on that note, I want (laughs) to say thank you, Stacey, for joining me again on Bottomless Brunch, the podcast. Always a pleasure. Lovely, wonderful, warm, wonderful people celebrating Juneteenth and Black Music Appreciation Month. Go ahead. Sign off. Always a pleasure. Oh, you got what? a little sexy on that sign off. Always a pleasure. I, I don't. I'm telling you, I'm working on my intro and my sign off. Can you not blow me up again? <laughs> okay, <laughs> Put I mean, me out just, there okay. Again. Let, let's do, let's do it again. This do it. We're gonna do it professionally. All right. Signing off on Bottomless Brunch at Coleman's the podcast. This is Coleman Domingo and Stacy Thomas, and we will see you when we see you. Signing off. <laughs> We're the worst. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> Goodbye. I love you. Bye. <laughs> I want to say thank you so much for joining me for an extended bottomless brunch at Coleman's, the podcast. Please subscribe, rate, review, and share this podcast. 
You can also check out my previous amazing Juneteenth brunch with the phenomenal Regina King, wherever you get your podcasts. I'll be back soon with more brunches. I can't wait to spend some time with you again. Presented by Johnny Walker. Please drink responsibly. Johnny Walker Black Label Blended Scotch Whiskey. 40% alcohol by volume. Imported by Diageo, New York, New York. 